And uh, I think that there is a, there is a phobia almost for some people like, like all you ever do is play by note, and then to, to try to play off the page. I I, I wrote my master's thesis uh, at Baylor. I, I did a master's in church music here, and I wrote my master's thesis on Paul Mons, who most of you may not know, but he was a very very well known in the Lutheran Church as an organist. Uh, did a lot of concertizing and. and and added a lot of new life to the organ music of the church. And he, he said something really interesting. He said, improvisation is playing any note that's not written on the page purposely. And it starts with one note, and then maybe play two, and then maybe play three or four. And eventually, you might reach a point where you can improvise something uh, a little more than that. So uh, start in maybe steps, and, and you'll get there. Uh, I'm going to draw your attention to my handout. Uh, Psalm 33, sing unto him a new song, play skillfully with a loud, loud noise. Uh, keyboardists, I'm going to read some of this because I want to get to it. Yes. They're, they're up there on the thing. I'll bring some. Thank you. And this is my wife, Kim, by the way, sitting way over there in the corner. Do you want to come join us a little bit closer? You don't have to. Kim, Kim plays piano and uh, directs the youth class at my church, our church. Um, so reading, just really quickly, I'm going to read through this. Uh, keyboardists, unlike guitarists, are not a dime a dozen. Can I say that? Uh, so what kind of keyboardist are you? Are you one of those who can play only what's on the page? Or can you read and play by ear? Or do you read only chord charts? Talk to some of today who just likes to read chord charts. Those people want to read the notes. Uh, and so, church music today, uh, all of the above is needed. On top of that, pianists were used to being the only game in town, and now they're being asked to play nicely with others. <laughs> so, how do you do that? Uh, first, let's meet some of the others we're going to have to play nicely with. So, the bass guitar provides the foundation, provides the chord feeling, not always the root of the chord, and so it usually works closely with the drummer. The drummer is his best friend. And so when the bass player and the drummer are in sync, you've got a good foundation going. Vocalists, singing tune is a foundation of us. I really like my singers to be good sight readers. I know a lot of praise teams, they have uh, their, their vocalists pretty good. They sing by ear. Uh, personally, of course, coming from a classical kind of training background, training bar background, I like my singers to read uh, because I want them to sing certain notes, not just any. Uh, I have a daughter who's in Houston. She's a First Baptist Houston. It's a huge church. And they have uh, her doing a choir. She doesn't have any training really in that, but she sings well. Uh, actually, you're going to get to hear her twin uh, sing a little bit on, on some recordings today. But she she was, with her contemporary choir, she would go through painstakingly work out every voice part, record it, and then send them the track so they could learn it. What a pain. But that was also that she could get them singing the part she wanted them to sing instead of just all y'all just come together and sing whatever you think sounds good. Because uh, sometimes it doesn't always sound good. Sometimes it's a train wreck. Um, number three, drummer. The best drummer keeps the tempo. <laughs> uh, drummers are down a dozen, but good drummers. If you find a drummer who can keep the tempo and play tastefully, hang on to them. Uh, my drummer plays with a metronome, live even. Like during worship, he's got a metronome in his ear. So he's right on the beat. And when, he, and when he clicks off, we know whatever tempo we decide on, he's got it. And he's not going to start fast, he's not going to start slow, it's going to be right on the nose. And that's really important. Um, he usually starts with a counting, it's like a click, 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 ching, and then they're off. So uh, in a praise band, you don't have someone directing. So how do you know when to come in? How do you know what the tempo's going to be? How do you know when to start? So your drummer does all that. Uh, drummer's the foundation of the song. The bass player is his best friend. <laughs> Always. Those two guys have to work together. Uh, he's usually responsible for ending the song. If there's a tempo change, the drummer does that. Uh, the worship leader is usually a, a singer, a singer. Often plays guitar and or keys. Uh, he's the point person responsible for the uh, connecting with the worshipers. 
and uh, encouraging them, and also uh, sometimes deciding on the team, choosing music, that kind of that kind of thing. The acoustic guitar is usually uh, uh, just plays rhythm and uh, falls into that general category along with the keyboard. A lot of times the, the two of them may either trade out or one will deal while the other one plays and the other one vice versa. Electric guitar plays your leads. Usually adds some color uh, and he needs to be very patient not to play all the time. You don't want a, a lead guitar who's just like shredding the whole time, you know. Uh, so he has to know when to play and when not to play. And uh, aux percussion is uh, somebody who might be communist, uh, typically may play uh, cajon or djembe or other, other kinds of instruments that may add some percussive color to whatever it is you're doing. So that's kind of the foundation that I'm uh, springboarding off of. Now, your uh, situation may be somewhat different. You might have uh, a team that maybe you don't have a drummer or maybe you don't have a bass player or maybe you have uh, guitar and uh, you're still trying to fit the keyboard in. I don't know what your circumstance is, but this is this is the basic uh, group that you might be starting with. Any questions so far on that foundation? All right. So what about intonation? Guitar players and bass players these days have inline tuners, and it wasn't long after we got started playing that I mean one of the guitar players said, "Man, uh, could you do the piano?" <laughs> because I mean it was it was off, and, and this this is a fantastic instrument, but you know it's a little bit out of tune right now, just a little. And I was playing it a while ago, and there's a little bit of awe in it. Uh, the guitar is going to hear that, and if you're playing with your other instruments, it's gonna it's gonna hurt a little bit if you're playing with the team. And so uh, you've got to be aware of that uh, with your own instrument. And I know most churches don't tune their pianos more than a couple times a year, right? If you're lucky. Uh, we've got a Yamaha C7 that I play with a lot. Uh, usually use it week. We have three worship services on Sunday morning and one on Sunday night. I used the Grand on Sunday morning. I really probably should switch to the keyboard, but I use the Grand on Sunday morning, probably because it's not as critical. Sunday night it's all more critical uh, because it's a more contemporary service. Um, uh, color and timbre. The piano, uh, if you use an electric piano, maybe you have some choices of, of some different colors that you can use. Uh, this is a German Grand. Here's a uh, stereo electric piano. If they're, if they're a little bit out of control, you can say, hey, 
Uh, do you mind going back to the original and, and can we just play it that way? Uh, gives them color preference. Or you can say, you know, the original doesn't have that big crash symbol right in the middle of that quiet section. <laughs> um, and, and, it, and it helps them to learn. And, and here's my, my validation for that. Even the Beatles started out as a cover band. And uh, I, was, uh, I was reading up on Paul McCartney. He said that he emulated Buddy Holly, Little Richard, Jerry Lee Lewis, Elvis. He went to his heroes, his band heroes, and tried to copy, tried to imitate them. And then after he uh, was successful in imitating them, he started to emulate them. Now the difference, you know, even if you were a composer and you're, and you're writing music, you can learn how to imitate some of the composers that you really uh, aspire to be like. And then eventually you'll start getting inside their head and go, okay, I, I see where he or she is coming with this, coming from with this. And then you can put those concepts into your own little tricks, uh, and then you, you've got somewhere. Kobe Bryant, the basketball player, said that he learned all of his moves from other basketball players. But then he realized, wait a minute, I can't really do that move the way so-and-so can do it. And so he, he learned how to adapt because of his own physical nature was a little bit different. He couldn't quite do what they did, but he could do something like it. And so he initially came, uh, was trying to imitate them, and then eventually he, he took that in and absorbed it and was able to come up with his own style and his own way of playing. And then it became part of him. So, uh, does that make sense to, as you're playing? So, so if you find a, a really good idea uh, that somebody else is doing, listen to it. How does that sound? How, how can you make it sound like that when you play it? And you might not be able to do it. I, I cannot, I cannot play like from work. I, my fingers, have you ever gotten up close to look at his fingers? They're this long. <laughs> no, they're short. Short fingers, and they come to a little bit of a point. The tips of his fingers are little. My fingers are built more like Marquez. They're big, fat, they're long. I can, I can reach a 10. Joe can't reach a 10. I can do something Joe can. <laughs> but my style, so my style, if I'm going to play something, if I were to come up with my own style of playing, I'm not going to try to emulate Joe Martin. I can't, I can't do that. It's not my thing. So, but I, I can be more like Marquez. So I can, I can come up with this style, the big, the big reach, big chords. Uh, so go after the, the people that, that uh, fit more with what you want to do. Um, when I was in, uh, I, I taught school in Abilene one year, and I played in a group called Glass, uh, and they were a cover band. Um, and uh, the, this is where I learned for the first time the phrase kiss. Uh, keep it simple, stupid. Uh, and, and during a performance, during a, a gig, if somebody got out of line and was getting too crazy, the, the leader would just go <laughs> to whoever that was. And they need to back up. Uh, so when you're in an ensemble, you have to know when to play and when not to play. You know when to, when to play fill, when to play little riffs, when to play just, or maybe when to play nothing. Uh, and, and if you learn when those places are, and, and this goes, this is very important too. You rehearse those places. There's room for improvisation within reason. We have a fantastic guitar player in our group. And when he improvises, he probably never plays it the same, same way twice. But he knows when to play and he knows when not to play. And we all know when he's going to play and when he's not going to play. And, uh, and, and so that coordination is really critical to a band. Um, heights of scores. Now this can get a little bit scary. I have some examples of some scores, and I try to be really careful not to give you everything of all of the scores to, to stay uh, true to copyright. Uh, but um, you, the first kind of score you're going to see is a piano vocal, and it's a fully written piano part with a vocal part. I think the uh, Mighty Fortress, you have an example of that there. Um, and this score assumes this is really important. This score assumes that nothing else is going on except the piano. Mm -hmm. The piano covers everything. Mm -hmm. and, and the piano is great about that. The only instrument that does better at that is the organ. 
Uh, and if you don't play the organ, you know, the organ is really the symphony. It's a symphony in a box. They can play everything. But uh, if you're playing um, a piano vocal score, you have to remember, if you're in a band, you can't just take that piano vocal score and expect it to work. You'll have to leave a lot out. So uh, the lead sheet is usually a treble staff one, and it has the vocal part in it. Sometimes it's written out three-part harmony or something like that. It has chord, uh, chord parts uh, written above it. And it's left up to you. This is like uh, a fake book. <coughs> you ever seen a fake book? It will just have the melody line with the chords written above. And quite honestly, fake books even intimidate me because, you know, especially if they're jazz, you see all those, you know, uh, E flat, major minor seven, augmented four with a C bass or whatever, you know. And I'm like, huh? I <laughs> can't, can't do that. Um, uh, guitar taps. Uh, I'm sorry, somebody say something? Guitar taps. Uh, lyric sheet, it's just the words. Lord, I need you is in there. Uh, Lord, I need you is a guitar tap. And it's just the chords with words. So if you're playing uh, acoustic guitar, or if you're playing electric guitar, <coughs> if you're playing bass, all of that uh, can be read with guitar, guitar taps. They don't need any more than that. But the pianist is going, wait a minute, what do I do? Right? Okay. So let's, let's look at, at some of the, I want to go back to elements to consider. Let's go back to harmony. If you're playing harmony, then you have two choices. You're either playing block chords or you're playing broken chords, right? Now, what are, what are my choices? If I'm going to play a block chord, uh, I might be doing something like this. <coughs> right? Can anybody tell me what kind of chord that is? Not, not with pitch, but what kind of chord is it? Okay. Add second. What's missing? Third. No third. There's no third. In contemporary music, you could probably throw the third away and be fine. That was never the thirds anymore. I don't know why it is. This is it's always that kind of. Something like that. Uh, and so uh, you, you have blocker broken. Now, what do you do if you have a broken chord? What, what are your choices with a broken chord? How can you break up a chord? There's lots of ways, right? You can, you can do this. something like this. Then, mm, our hearts are not the right place then. 
should be able to do that blindfolded. She's so in the background that this is just all we're thinking about. Vocalists, all the different players, that's what they should be doing. Um, and so I, I, I try really hard not to do anything that's stretching my abilities so much that I'm totally focused on that. Um, that's enough of that. Okay. Now, any other questions so far? Oh, come on. Somebody ask me a question. Yes?
part. Let's see if I can, I don't know where it is. Let me find it.
pick up on at least some of that, what was going on. So in, in the beginning, I listened to the original. Now, if I'm going to play uh, from the beginning, here's what the piano part is if I were to read it. Lord, I need you in E. 
compete with him? You, first of all, you might get in a different range. So you might go an octave lower in this case because he's so high. And what I would, what I would do is not play his rhythm. I would play a real basic, just, just. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So what kind of sound uh, might I play here? That's definitely not an acoustic piano sound, is it? Not guitar. There's guitar coming in right here with this little lid.
you go. So, questions? Yes, sir. In the second chorus, D, if you have, it doesn't, it's not so much a problem she's just singing the solo line, but you've got a D chord there, and if you've got people singing those parts, if you're holding the third of the D chord, that F sharp, you've got a bunch of G's in there that are going to be sort of a train wreck against that F sharp if they're singing that harmony part. So you might want to go to a, a, either to the E minor briefly or just hold, or just hold a D open fifth there. Specifically, where are you referring to? It's where it says two chorus at the top of the second stage. There's a D chord for that last measure. Hold, holy, holy, holy. And, but there's some there's some E minor chords in the harmony there. Right. Is that the lead sheet? I'm looking at the lead sheet. Okay. The last measure at the top of the second page, the top score. And so if you if you're holding that sharp, you're going to be messing with the, with that with the, with the harmony singing the, the G. Uh, here's the second. 
room. And so if I had a bass player, I just leave the left hand out. I'm good. Yeah, any, any, we're out of time, I think. Uh, thank you for being patient with me <laughs> and listening. Uh, I hope I hope I helped answer. If you get something out of the workshop, I hope you get something out of it. And if you have any questions, I'm glad to, to help. Is it, is it, does it help to just get the recordings? I think it helps a lot. I know that a lot of some people would have a criticism of saying, "Well, we can't sound like that." No, you can. But start from there. Yeah, and work on that because human human beings play it.